This is a very different episode. In each of the episodes in season one, you'll see me asking the guests about overcoming rejection. I wanted to wrap up this season by having a very vulnerable and deep discussion about humanness and mental health around overcoming rejection. While rejection is a very common experience among entrepreneurs, this conversation will apply not only in your personal life, but also as you move forward on your professional journey. What better expert can we have on the show to talk about rejection than a recovered addict? I wanted to take my time with this topic, so instead of one episode, I broke it into two. I hope you enjoy the unique perspectives shared in these episodes. Well, the, the main thing is, is realizing that rejection isn't final. And rejection will be in your future. <laughs> it's just part of life. Welcome to Making It to Market, the podcast where we discuss everything about taking your product or service idea through to commercialization. I'm your host, Dahlia Collada. Today's guest is a grateful, recovered, compulsive gambler and alcoholic. He has been sober from alcohol for over 25 years and has gone more than 22 years without gambling. He's also been through seven years of therapy and is now a motivational speaker, author, podcaster, and recovery coach, talking about recovery, healing, emotional intelligence, and life. You'll find him speaking at recovery centers, middle and high schools, universities, and corporations. Our guest has taken the principles of the 12 steps of recovery and turned them into the 12 steps of living your best life. I'm welcoming back Hugo V to the discussion of rejection. Hugo also has a podcast called Life is Wonderful, and you can find his content, books, resources, and workshops at lifeiswonderful.love. So what are some of the other steps in recovery? What happens after you figure out what you want in your life? Well, some of it just, they're, they're, they're emotional questions, you know, so there's a lot of different things that uh, people need to ask. And so what I've tried to do is, is try to, try to kind of like break it down into certain kind of questions that you would kind of find in therapy. Okay. You know, you would kind of find those kind of, psychoanalytical tools or questions or techniques to get more out of you. So what we're trying to do is trying to build your EQ as well as build overall health. You know, I'm big on doing some form of exercise, but I'm also big on certain amount of spiritual stuff like prayer, meditation, doing other things, or, you know, just being out in nature. People don't realize just being out in nature, how that can change your attitude. I mean, right now they're redeveloping here in Houston, the whole Memorial Park. And, you know, they keep making advances of it, you know, making it so much more, not not, not more accessible, just giving you more options to, to do things, to be just out with, on a trail with some trees. Uh, you can walk it, run it, bike it, you know, so many different ways to, experiences uh so yeah but the part of it a lot of it is is we got to ask the questions of those emotional questions to kind of get to that's how you're going to get to live 
because a lot of people think, well, I just need a, I just need to get a, a business or a job that pays me well, and then everything will be good. Oh yes, they say, oh, the higher I want to make six figures, and then they realize that their life is a little bit miserable. Once you start, the more money you make, there's just a little bit more misery and a little bit more loss uh, as far as balance and work life. Because uh, there's pros and cons to all of it, though. I mean, even if you're not making six figures, you can still find pros and cons, but you might have a little bit more peace if your job isn't so stressful and you're not working 60 hours a week and there's not that pressure on you. Yeah, it comes in, it comes in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can quote Biggie when Biggie said, uh, more money, more problems. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so, I mean, that could be the case, but then you can also utilize money as a way to give you more opportunities. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can use it. What ultimately saying is just because you have more money doesn't mean that you are going to get to that, to what I call the goal contentment. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say, I just want to be happy. And I say happy is a fleeting emotion. You cannot be happy all the time, each and every day. Unless you have some sort of stimulant or something in your body that makes you, tricks your brain into feeling happy every day but that's not sustainable yeah, but that's not real though yeah that's not real, real i mean real feeling it's like like buddha said buddha was talking about contentment and buddha had it right that is really you know almost that search of enlightenment you know just be content with your life you know whatever stage you are in your life could be high school college could be you know, with a one-year-old child, it could be, you know, when you're 60, you know, when you're kind of nearing retirement or in retirement, but you just have to find content. Slow down and uh, take the moments in and appreciate the moments and live in the moment and calm the mind. A lot of that is, is very important. And I think our culture teaches us to constantly go, 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 go and never stop. And I'm, you know, I'm one of those people that I don't sit still, but it's very important to stop and sit still, look at the clouds sometimes, you know, lay back and just stare at the sky and find some peace in all of that. We're we're kind of leading into like the definition of success and more money and all this doesn't necessarily equal happiness. And then we see examples of this and with like celebrities. Right. There's people that even with a lot of money still commit suicide. People that have what people assume are perfect marriages or relationships and they commit suicide or they're just depressed and they kind of zone out into some type of addiction. Uh, So, no, there is no correlation. To me, the true value of success is how you define it and really how you feel. Because really you can feel whether you're making fifty thousand dollars and at least you know you have some type of home but you're doing what you want to do some people don't have the whole idea is is they need to have this huge big house or this fancy car or to travel the world uh so to me success also is is your health i mean what good is a lot of money is is if you have you know limited energy or that you constantly need, so let's say, a pill to get out of bed, or that you may just be unhealthy and you're not, you're not, you're never going to truly enjoy life. Um, you know, like I say, financial wealth is one aspect of being successful. 
but a lot of people will say the word success and that they will ultimately first look at, okay, how much money do you have? Or fame or fame or notoriety or fame. Right. And to me, success is also is, is what is your inner health, your EQ Mm -hmm. believe in something. Do you believe in some type of spiritual being? A lot of people find a lot of comfort and success in their belief in their faith. Yes. Other people find a lot of feel success in their brain in their, you know, all the different things that they use, you know, books either that they read or discussions they get into or different things that they watch. And it's good to push yourself to have a successful brain or successful mental activities because you won't mm-hmm. be able to, you know, be able to be successful in all areas. Yeah, it's not possible to be successful in all areas. No, it is possible. No, it is possible, but you still have to define it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because as I'm saying, you may have, you may have, to you, money may be a little more important to someone else. Their faith may be a little more important to someone else, you know, reading or learning more about certain topic or subject may be a little more important and you know they may give a little on something else but ultimately you should be defining because all of those will come into play it's almost like a chain what they always say is is your chain is only as strong as your weakest link yes like i was saying Mm -hmm. just you may be very smart you may have a lot of money but if you're unhealthy and you or you have an addiction you're not really that successful you have some success, but you could have more. Hmm. So what are some methods for coping and maybe releasing some negative thoughts that we might self, you know, negative self-talk? Well, yeah, the first thing is, is, you know, the, the words that you say, you know, you know, before I actually got into therapy, I would say things like, oh, I'm a loser. And not realizing how destructive that one sentence is to my own belief pattern, my own self-esteem. If I did something wrong later on saying, okay, what I did, okay, that was bad behavior. Okay, I engaged in a bad decision. That just meant that the decision was bad or the behavior was bad. That didn't mean I am bad. Yeah. So a lot of it is, is we have to really start, start with the words that we tell ourselves. That is most, that is the the first, the easiest thing that you can do. Maybe in the beginning, it's going to be hard because we're so conditioned to say, oh, I do these, you know, a lot of this negative stuff, but we're trying to elevate your self-esteem. And that's one thing. The other thing is, is just look at who's around you, who actually builds you up or who do you feel actually takes energy away from you? You know, spend more time with the people that uplift you, that elevate you, not the people that tend to suck the air and the energy out of of you. (laughs) I think we all have somebody like that or I've been in contact with somebody like that before. Right, But but it's up to you then to either get them out of your life or to at least limit their access to you 
it's okay to remove people from your life that aren't serving you. But it's you know? harder for some people because let, let's say it's a parent or a sibling and then you, you know, depending on culture, you're going to see them. But what I'm saying is you can at least, you know, you can minimize them. Mm-hmm. Or you or minimize you know, your interaction with them, maybe. Right. Because it, mm-hmm. if that's going to bring you down. And like I said, then you have to figure out things that bring you joy. You know, if you want to start to change, you got to start doing things that really elevate. You know, as I said, start with something easy like music. Start thinking easy with, you know, people that, you know, really you feel uplifted with. And then once you get a little bit of momentum, then you start doing, you know, what I would consider harder things or more challenging things like, you know, whether it's go to therapy, do some journaling, Positive affirmations really work. Positive affirmations you can listen to. Positive, yeah, that's the same thing as positive self-talk, right? You mm-hmm. can, a lot of people are big on manifestations, affirmations. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why prayer, you know, kind of works. Uh, meditation kind of slows down, you know. A lot of even simple things like deep breathing, calm yourself down through some deep breathing. Mm, absolutely. That's me. I have to focus on my breathing. That's that's hundred percent right. what I have, my struggle. Yeah. Right. You know, drinking good water, getting enough sleep. You know, a lot of these things are just basic stuff of good health. Basic, but we overlook it though. We don't think about it because we're just trying to get through the day. We don't even think the basic. We don't even try to address our basic needs sometimes. Right, but then that. But again, it goes back to what I said. It, it's we're the only one who's really going to look after us is us. You know, we can say a thousand reasons or rationalize so much, but unless we take the initiative to start making certain changes, nothing will. As I say, it's done it little by little. Little by little. Do you think that someone who struggles with feeling like the the emotional intelligence, someone's who who's lacking emotional intelligence or is still learning how to you know deal with that or learn from that, and they are taking rejection very personally. Do you think that that is someone? Would you equate people's lack of ha- uh, handling rejection with low self esteem? Do they kind of go together, self esteem and rejection? How on how intense someone takes certain feelings? Yes, if things really either devastate you or overwhelm you we're talking about let's say in your example rejection yeah that has a lot of correlations to your self-esteem most people will kind of want to say i have healthy self-esteem or they want to say i don't have any insecurities as though it's okay to say I am insecure about this thing. Um, but somehow, you know, cause a lot some, no one wants to, somehow we've gotten back to this thing about if you open yourself up that you are weak, mm-hmm. you know, they're seeing that as a weakness instead of actually, no, that person's in tune with their body. Uh-huh. I could tell you, and I used to run for marathons. The one thing I was very good at is, is I can tell when my body was dehydrating. Uh, I was always keenly aware when I could find my 
runs, my energy. I knew when I needed to stop, get some water, uh, do things. That was so vital to my training because, you know, if you're dehydrated, it really does affect on how you're going to exercise and train. And it's the same thing with your question about rejection and self-esteem. The more in tune you are with your emotions, you, you're not going to take every rejection. Because I'm saying sometimes you may have had a fight with someone close to you, and then you're feeling rejected by some loved one. And then you're in business, you're making a sales call, and someone rejects you. You get triggered because the rejection feels like it's an attack on you. And, and, may, and we tend to maybe over amplify the business rejection. We're not also understanding, okay, this is a, almost like being piled on. I got a personal rejection, now I got a business rejection, but I'm gonna get really focused on the business rejection and not acknowledge that I have some personal rejection, which is affecting my self-esteem. So the business, so yeah, I think that that's where it comes into play is knowing where you are emotionally and how rejection works. Because uh, yeah, some days it feels like everybody's yeah. against you. And I, everyone goes through it. It doesn't matter what age you are, what nationality, what gender, like that everyone goes through it at some point. Do you consider failure and rejection the same thing? No, I feel those, those are different. Uh, you can fail at something. Because to me, is, is if I fail, I'm giving you a good presentation. Unless you're desperate, you may say yes. So I may have a failure of a presentation when I still may actually get a sale. <laughs> now, there's a lot of times I may have, if I have a failed presentation, I'm going to get a rejection because the person's not going to be able to locate the value. Failure can come in a lot of different ways, as you know. And I think the, the biggest piece of failure is, is usually it comes from lack of preparation. We fail most of the time because we didn't do enough. Like I said, a rejection, the other person just could be just in a really bad place. You don't know. I mean, someone close to them could have died. You know what? You know, it, yeah. you have zero idea. No idea. You have no idea mm -hmm. what happened in the morning. They they, were, they had this nice suit on and they spilled coffee on it. And they've been pissed mm -hmm. off all day about that. All they're thinking about is that coffee stain on, on their clothes. And they're going to reject you. But to me, failure is much more of a thing that you can control. And rejection is something usually outside of your control. But you can, uh, you can eliminate less rejection by the better prepared you are. Mm, okay. Interesting. So if someone were to approach changing a behavior or changing a mindset, what would that process look like? Well, so if you listen to a lot of people on social media, they just say the reason you're not succeeding in life is because you have to change your mindset. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just don't think it's that simple. Mm, okay.
because I say is we we're emotional beings. Maybe that that will work better with a five year old to change <laughs> their mindset because now they haven't been conditioned. They don't have all this emotional experiences that they live with. So a person can easily tap into emotional success just as easily as they can tap into some type of emotional rejection or emotional failure. And so part of that goes into the mindset, but until you really process things that have happened in the past, you can keep telling yourself, oh, I can't, I remember the vacation I took and I went to Hawaii. That was such a wonderful time. I, I think of myself just laying on the beach with this warm sun and this ocean breeze. The thing is, is though, if we have emotional baggage, emotional toxicity inside our body until we process it, you can do better with a changed mindset, but you don't totally get all that stuff out of your body. So I think, you know, I think you need, I think a mindset's critical. In one way, a mindset is good because it kind of pushes you to do more emotional work. Because once you start thinking differently, you're more open to suggestions on how to better your life. Some would say that there's probably a life cycle of change. I mean, that we always go through, like, there's no constant. I mean, like, people who want to start a new exercise program, for example, you might think about it, you might want to do it. And you think about the benefits of it, the perceived value like you're talking about, and then you actually plan it. So I know which gym I'm going to go to, and I know the cost. I've already looked into it, and now I'm going to take the action and actually do the exercise and go every day. And, you know, I have set my goals to be like three times a week, and then I do that for about a month, and then I like start to relapse and start to kind of go back to my old habits, and then I start this whole cycle all over again. How can we... This whole life cycle of change, how can we apply it to the feeling of being rejected? And what can we be reminding ourselves of? Well, I think what you said there in the beginning, you know, people start something and then they stop it. I think sometimes you have to celebrate the little wins. A lot of people do not want to celebrate. I think we all like to be acknowledged even if it's just ourselves acknowledging ourselves that we went to the gym three times a week for a whole month Mm -hmm. so that means you know we went 12 times to the gym and we should be feeling better and then let's say maybe you get sick maybe you get busy at work and then that next week you only go one time and then that kind of goes into the second week you know, you got to just go back to, you know, how you're feeling. You know, when we talk about, you know, like I said, self-soothing, if you were feeling better, you can get back on the track. So then you will feel much more empowered. You Mm -hmm. feel that much more strength to move on. And even though that you had a minor setback because of work or sickness, but you can get back on a cycle because you were feeling really good. You were actually, you're probably feeling, feeling more powerful. You're probably feeling more energized. You were probably, you know, feeling almost like a higher self-esteem. 
because you you saw all this uh, examples. And that way you can uh, you can get you will avoid some of those negative feelings that you may have with rejection. Because essentially what you're saying is is you were you were doing well. Yeah. You stopped. In assess in essence, you rejected yourself. You Ooh. rejected your own progress. Ooh. That's so <laughs> you are both the perpetuator and the victim. I'm with Hugo V of lifeiswonderful.love. Stick around till after the break as he'll explain how we can move forward with the 12 steps and how we can apply it to our life, even if we don't have an addiction. We'll be right back. Wow. That's interesting perspective to, because you got the negative self-talk, but now you're talking about rejecting yourself. Right, but you can get back on it. The, the, the thing is, is you can easily get back into the same cycle when it worked for four weeks. Yeah, because you've done it before. You've proven to yourself you can do it. That's why I said you got to celebrate those small wins. Like, let's say, take yourself out and just get out of something that you've been wanting to go to lunch with, you know, eat something that you wanted to eat or do something that you wanted to do. And then you feel like, okay, okay. I think if you constantly have some almost like a, a carrot in front of you going, you know, if I go, if I do, if I do this <laughs> three more, because then after a couple months, if you've done this now for a couple months, there's a strong likelihood that it becomes much more of a habit because then you, it becomes like, if you don't go, you feel like a part of you is not being fulfilled. I think this type of life cycle of change, it makes sense when you're applying it to an action, but what if you're trying to apply it to a mindset and bouncing back from that feeling of rejection? How do you do that? Well, because I keep saying that you cannot, it, mindset doesn't magically work on its own. People just think you got to change your mindset. But if you're not doing the emotional work, your mindset will fluctuate. You can keep telling yourself over and over again, uh, I deserve, I deserve a million dollars. I deserve this great love affair. I'm, I'm a king. I'm a queen. I'm, I'm everything. I'm the it person. But you're, you're telling yourself you deserve it. But that kind of helps with confidence, too. It makes you a little bit more resilient in that position of being rejected. Yeah, it does. But, I mean, I think sometimes you just have to realize, even if people see you as this confident person, that they may still want nothing to do with you. And, <laughs> you know, you just can't you know, just have such a big ego that you can't accept things as they are. And as I say, it's not, you know, it's, a lot of things are solved with hard work and keep showing up and keep doing more. I mean, there's times where we've talked about whether people, if you, anyone does any social media, how many times have people said, oh, this is a great photo. This is a great video. This is going to go viral and it goes nowhere. Uh, you know, sometimes you just got to just realize, okay, something, maybe the algorithm, maybe something wasn't really clicking. And 
it's not the end of the world that you didn't go viral, but it's a form of rejection. And look, you keep going up. It, there's plenty of people who go, I can't believe I spent so much time on this video. It went nowhere. I did spend little time on this video and it got so many views and so much traction. How do you know when to give up though? And then not to, to not take that as a rejection or as a failure. Well, that's a, that's, well, that, that's where you got to do is that be self-aware. Cause to me is if you gave up, was it truly your purpose? Was it truly oh, your passion? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, hmm. sometimes, you know, you people give up because they hit obstacles. Well, everything has obstacles. Uh, so you just got to keep asking yourself the question, okay, is this what I truly want to do? And even if you do something and you do something, you get a certain amount of success for six months. It doesn't mean you want to keep doing it. Yeah. You have to allow yourself that, okay, I wanted to do this for six months. Now I want to do something else. Like a season, a seasonality. It could have been. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, but ultimately it comes back to, you know, building up, you got to do that emotional work. You know, a lot yeah. of people, I think sometimes a lot of people are just looking for that shortcut, looking for that easy answer and Amen. instead of just saying, okay, I got to work through this process. There's no one that was successful. There's not a successful athlete, a successful musician, a successful, you know, let's say you're in some type of artist without just kind of like just kind of going through it you know there's yeah. even people that may have had a season like a year where they didn't really do anything they had a one-hit wonder and that was it well not one hit wonder, <laughs> even the one-hit wonders but i'm saying about sometimes people may have a lot of success early on and then they may stagnate you know then to the next then that they're doing maybe a year or two years yeah where there's no creativity or there's no success and then you kind of feel like, but then somehow they find more success because they made, made a small adjustment. There's a lot of people that sometimes will say, it's like, you weren't doing that well, like say in golf. Yeah, I made this minor adjustment on my swing and it, you know, I go into this coach specifically says, and then, you know, changed how he was able to score. I mean, you can look at, there's so many different ways. I'm a big believer in coaching. I'm a big believer in asking for help. I'm a big believer in seeking answers by reading books. I'm a big believer in finding all kinds of mentors or sponsors or gurus. And then, you know, just doing it. Uh, there's, no, there's nothing takes the place of action. That's a good statement. Okay, so you're saying people need to put in the emotional work, and that's where your book kind of comes into play, and the 12 steps being explained. What if they go through your book and they say, man, this didn't help me at all? What do you say to them? Where do you think the point of failure is in that whole process if somebody comes back and says that? Well, the good news is, is that not only can they either read the book, do the course, they can also contact me, hire me as a recovery coach and I can work them through it. Cause some people need a little more handholding. They don't quite get it. I mean, there's a lot of times where there's, I could tell you, there's a lot of people that have said, well, I read the Bible. I Mm -hmm. said, really understand what you read. You know, there's some people that studied the Bible their whole life. 
Right. The same thing with any types of recovery books. People will say, well, I read the big book. I live it. But do you really understand it? You know, there's so many small nuances in any of these kind of books that are considered like time tested, even great pieces of literature. What's the hardest step in the book? Well, to me, this is the most pivotal point in, in my course is going to be step seven, which I actually call the turning point, because usually you have enough momentum that you will finish. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people start things and they either get no success or they have some success. And then they, like you had said, like you're an example of, I went to the gym for three times for four weeks and then they fizzle out. And that's when you got to realize you got to ask for help. I go, look, I need some type of energy boost. And that's where you, that's where a coach comes in. I can help guide you through and ask those specific questions because I've had the experience over 20 years of working two programs, doing a lot of therapy, doing, you know, whether it's journaling, writing, retreats, conferences, meetings, you know, and people say, well, I don't want to spend money. I said, well, then do it yourself. Like you can spend the next 20 years or you can take this <laughs> because a lot of people want shortcuts. Yeah. A lot of people look, you utilize my book course or call me is because you need, you want shortcuts. People want that immediate gratification. You're not going to be able to Google this or YouTube it. Now I have a lot of free stuff on my website. If you want to get some free stuff or to judge me, evaluate me, go for it. Yeah. I love being evaluated to see, does he know what he's talking about? Because then once you listen to it, you'll say, okay, he does understand what I'm going through. Like I said, you know, I'll talk about suicide. I talk about depression. I just don't only talk about contentment or gratitude or emotions or spiritual principles like hope, honesty, willingness, perseverance. You know, I talk about any emotional subject is worth talking about. And that's what people really need to understand. That's what they can, you know, that's... That's what they can do. So if they don't find success, it's usually is just how much effort did you put into it? There's not one book that I have not read that I wasn't able to parcel out some piece of good information. So hard to, to, to read any anything and go, that was a complete waste of time. Okay. So how does someone prepare or put themselves in the right mindset to start this subject to start reading your book to go to one of your workshops to do your class how do you like what advice do you give to someone before they start this process well they can be in either place they can be in a place where they're actually open to change or they can be in a place where they're almost at rock bottom and they feel desperate and they have no other choice uh that's the the situation that a lot of people find themselves in when they're dealing with either addiction and recovery, or they're feeling overwhelmed and lost in life, or they're feeling overly anxious that nothing seems to be going well. Sometimes people are just at that magical moment. There is no one way to know that this person's ready for change. I just ask the question is, do you want to live your best life? And if the answer to that is yes, 
then the next question would be, okay, can you do this by yourself or with the people or structures that you have currently in your life? And if you can answer yes, I say, go for it. <laughs> there's, there's billions of people in this world and um, probably billions of people do not require or need me or need, you know, other people, but there's, there's plenty of people that need help. And then you, but if you answer that question, do you want to live a better life? And the answer is yes. And then the next question is, is, okay, do you know where to go? What's the next step? And you kind of are kind of hesitant or a maybe or a no, then that's where I come in. That's where the 12 steps explain is because I am not just incorporating recovery stuff. Right, right. Recovery stuff is vital to understanding because because the thing is, is when people go into recovery, they've usually hit some type of rock bottom or they've had some type of major situation. It could be legal issues. It could be jail. It could be a divorce. It could be getting fired from a job. It could feeling like they're suicidal. Could be a lot of any of those answers. But it also could feel like, you know, I just need a little bit more. Sometimes the best students are the ones that have nothing to lose. Sometimes the people that just because they have certain things going right in their life, they're like, well, I can figure this out. I go, you could. That's always a possibility. But do you have the energy, the time? And you may not know all the answers, and you probably don't, just like I did. I've had so many teachers. And what I'm trying to do is encapsulate it into a 36-question course that can get you not only talking about your feelings, about your beliefs, but also talking about your dreams and your goals. That, that's what most people need. They need to be, mm -hmm. they need to talk about all their fears, their faith, their feelings, their dreams, the things that were negative, things such as loneliness or secrets or certain types of trauma. You know, there's so many different ways I try to probe to get into you, trying to be kind of without a PhD you know, kind of being like that Sigmund Freud in your head, getting <laughs> you to really uncover what you need to uncover. Because really, that's what, what, what the course is trying to do is just uncover you or to make you much more aware of who you are. That's where it comes in. Well, that's why that's why I wanted you on the show is while you're, you know, most people associate the 12 steps with recovery. I, I think there's a, a a, a legitimate approach here in saying that this is the 12 steps for living your best life, whether you have an addiction or not. It's the 12 steps of maintaining a healthy mindset, maintaining coping skills, maintaining um, stability, mental stability, emotional stability. It's, it's something that applies to everyone, uh, regardless if you have an addiction or not. Take out addiction. Let's just put addiction to the side. The 12 steps can apply to every single person who's listening to this podcast today. Correct. Right. Because you can be really just lost in life. That doesn't mean you have an addiction or you can be feeling overwhelmed with life or you could be feeling overly anxious or you could feel like 
you don't know where you're going. You know, you're feeling just a little bit, you know, you need some direction. And, and ultimately, that's why I said is I just don't focus on just one area of health. You know, when that's why when we talked earlier that you have to pay attention to all areas of your life, the financial, the spiritual, the emotional, the mental, the physical, because you're like I said, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And something as I was saying is, is all the money in the world and all the degrees on the wall will not stop you if you are physically unhealthy mm-hmm. or spiritually bankrupt. Wow, that's pretty powerful stuff there. Hugo, I want I want a copy of your book. How can I get it? What's the best way to get your book? Best way is just through the website. Um, okay. Lifeiswonderful.love. So that's just all one word, life is wonderful and dot L-O-V-E. And from there is the ability to um, to purchase it. And the course, yeah. As well as the course, right? I mean, the first thing that came out was the course and then the book. And then there's also going to be a follow-up book too called Life is Wonderful. I I feel like as an entrepreneur myself, We've all struggled with highs and lows and feeling rejected and feeling deflated. And maybe, maybe I'm not doing the right thing. Maybe I don't know what my purpose is. Um, I feel like some of us who are entrepreneurs use working as a coping mechanism for other things. Um, and I feel like the, there's a lot, everyone can learn from this content. I mean, I'm definitely interested myself. So um, I'm I'm really grateful for the opportunity to have you on the show, Hugo. I, I've learned a lot, and I I'm sure our listeners have gained some insight too. Any other uh, um, ideas about uh, overcoming rejection, or any other last tips or advice? Well, the the main thing is is realizing that rejection isn't final, and rejection will be in your future. I mean, it's just part of life. It's just like, you can't tell a person, you know, if, if, ever, if, if anybody of our listeners ever been in a relationship, and you just had a fight with your lover and they say, promise me, <laughs> never hurt me again. Oh, yeah. That's impossible. I have no idea how I could hurt you in ways where it's going to be very obvious to both of us. I could hurt you because those are your feelings and you may just hurt for whatever reason. And I may do something inadvertently. And then I will apologize. Like, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings. Uh, And then say, you know, um, I can promise you that I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you never hurt again, but I'm never going to promise that I never tell any, anybody I'm right. I never promise family or anything that I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to piss you off. I'm not going to frustrate you. Uh, I know that will happen. So yeah, the key thing is to realize is that rejection will happen uh, and it's okay. But to realize also, which is most important is, is always keep in mind who loves you, what brings you joy, what calms you. And like I said, There's got to be some person in this world, at least one person that loves you. And then you can always go, okay, well, at least I know so-and-so loves me. And you can say that 
Oh, something brings me joy. God, I just love shooting basketball. God, that just brings me joy. I can't wait to just go to a, an empty court and just shoot for 10 minutes. That brings me joy. And then also know what calms you down and just go, okay, I, you know, oh, this music. Oh, I love this art. This artist comes in. And really, that's how you can deal with the rejection yeah. is, is between love, joy, and calmness, you can get through any type of rejection. Wow, wonderful. To learn more about Hugo, check him out at lifeiswonderful.love or to learn more about his course that's available for purchase, check out the link in the show notes. The 12 Steps Explained course is now available. People can recover faster, work the steps quicker, and gain emotional intelligence. Thank you so much. It was a really good episode. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, so am I. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, please subscribe to Making It to Market wherever you listen to podcasts or listen from our website, makingittomarket.com. Thank you for your honest five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. And a special thanks to our show sponsors and listeners. Without your support, I would not be able to do this. As you know, Making It to Market is a new show and I need your help to get the word out. Please share your favorite episodes. If there's a topic you'd like to hear, have a question, or even a comment you'd like for me or today's guest to address, feel free to leave me a voice message on our podcast phone line. And if we air your question or comment in an upcoming episode, we'll send you a free Making It to Market t-shirt or mug. Details are in the show notes. Till the next time, make decisions that make a difference.